This episode of Bass Freaks is brought to you by Dunlop Bass Strings. Dunlop Bass Strings are made in California and designed by the players at Dunlop to sound and feel the way a string should. With deep lows, strong fundamental punchy mids, and articulate highs. Dunlop Bass Strings offer a complete line with standard nickel and stainless round wounds, flat wounds, and super brights. They're also available in short, medium, and long scales. So go to jimdunlop.com and check out Dunlop Bass Strings. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Dunlop Presents Bass Freaks. We are back. This is a place for all of us bass freaks to chat it up, gain a little insight and inspiration, and have some fun with some great bass players. I'm your host, Josh Paul, and today we welcome Paolo Gregaletto from the band Trivium to the show. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. You're welcome, dude. Big fan. Thank you. Big fan. How's everything going for you today? It's going well. Uh, just kind of starting off the, the week right. Got a good... Uh, kind of jam session on uh, Twitch, going through a list of songs I got to get ready for band practice on Wednesday, and that's usually how it starts off for me every week. Nice. So t- tell me a little bit about your Twitch stuff. Yeah. Um, well, Matt, our, I'm sure if anyone's on there knows, he's been he's been doing it for a while, and I'm actually the one that told him about Twitch like a couple years ago because he was doing covers on YouTube, and I remember reading an article about Twitch, and I was like, hey, dude, like, you know, I know you're doing the YouTube thing, uh, but this is kind of this cool new thing. And it's more like in in like real life and, in, in, uh, you know, as you're doing it kind of thing. And so he started doing that. And first year or so it was kind of like, you know, a couple people would tune in and then started to kind of really pick up. And then he got really, really good following on there. And then, of course, last year or I guess two years ago now, it's been forever. But uh, when everything kind of stopped and touring was like on hold indefinitely, I was like, well, I always use the excuse of touring as a reason not to do it. And so now I have no excuse <laughs> and I, I still need to play. I need to practice. And that was kind of the way I kind of jumped in on it. And uh, it's been great because it always gives me like a good two, three hours to just set aside, you know, here in the in my uh, stream studio room and just jam for people, talk to fans. It's kind of a cool thing to kind of bounce some ideas off of them, whether it's like, hey, check out this riff or this lick I'm writing or, you know, what song do you want to hear next or what do you think we should do on a tour and kind of get their vibe and stuff. So it's a real cool uh, extra thing we just kind of have with like how we interact with fans. And again, it's just like a a nice way to throw in rehearsal and practice every day consistently. Like I definitely always did do it, but this kind of keeps me on a good routine of doing it like every day. Got it. You'll have to excuse my ignorance on the <clears throat> Twitch thing. I haven't really uh, taken the dive into any of that. So you're doing playthroughs. I've seen your uh, YouTube stuff where you're doing play- yeah. playthroughs of the song, and that's really yeah. cool too. And uh, that's usually that starts usually. I'll do it on Twitch, and then I'll just bounce it down, throw it up on YouTube, and that's something. It's a lot of work. I feel like with all the different stuff of like the different Instagrams, the social medias, yeah. you got to like bounce around the stuff. But uh, I try to stay on top of that. And people love the playthroughs of songs, especially since it can be kind of tricky. Uh, I'm sure most bass players uh, know like we're usually on the the short end of things with uh, tabs and music <laughs> online. I, you know, there's like a million guitar tabs and then one bass tab and you hope it's close to it. But uh, right. it's always a nice way to show people how to play the things. Yeah, it's great. I was entertained. I went down the little rabbit hole last night. Awesome, awesome. Looking through some of the stuff. Great tone. Thank you. You guys have some serious riffage going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot of uh, lot of stuff. A lot of, uh, we're on album 10 now. And, oh, my uh, God. It's been okay. a journey, uh, I guess you could say, Dude, with, that's, with the music, yeah. That's so great, though. That's that's a career right there. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's wild, Congratulations. Man, to, like, just to thank you to like wake up one day and you're like on album 10 and you're like damn like where did the time go and I'll sometimes like go on set list fm to like I like to look through like tours we did in the past to make sure we're not like you know getting to that like rut where we just kind of play the same stuff all the time and I'm just like how many shows have we played like I'm like always blown away when I see like the numbers of times we've played cities and all the different stuff like that it's just like it's uh, it's yeah, it's pretty mind blowing, uh, especially when you get to album ten. It's that I felt like that was gonna be a big, big moment for us, and I'm I'm happy. Like I'm really proud of the record. I'm glad like this is album ten, the one we put out, because uh, it feels like you know we really tried to make it special, and we actually did two records pretty much back to back because we released something at the be- 
beginning of 2020 and then we we're like there's no touring well let's go back in the studio and see what we can do and you know we had an album come out the next year which is by far the quickest turnaround we've had for for music for us amazing how dude how do you feel that your music or as the band and as a bass player has evolved from the first record you did yeah. with them to to now uh so i joined on i guess it's the second record ascendancy which was for most people, the first record they heard from our band, if you kind of got into us back in the day. And uh, first record was kind of like coming into like a lot of the music was sort of written for the most part. Like we did a tour right before going into the studio, my first tour with the band. And we played some versions of the songs that were on that record that had different choruses and different stuff. So like it wasn't totally like finally set, but I kind of stuck to like, you know, what was being played and added little bits of color and stuff here and there. Like I had come from my own band, like prior to joining Trivium, I was in like a local band I had for like six years. What and kind so of stuff like, was it? It was like, I mean, when I first started playing, it was like, I was really into before that local band, I was like, you know, playing like pop punk, playing offspring, playing sublime, stuff like that. And then I discovered Metallica and then like the local band kind of morphed into that, like the kind of thrashier stuff. And then, Every time I discovered a band, it was like sort of like unlocking a new thing. Like, oh, you like thrash music? Well, why don't you listen to a little death metal or, you know, check out this prog stuff. And it's just sort of like just going all around trying to like discover all the different stuff. So like my local band kind of ran its course up into like the last year of high school. And then it was like, I need to find people that are like as serious about it as I am. It's like I'm either coming out of high school. I'm, I got to decide like. I'm either going to give this one go with some people that like are on the same page as me or I got to figure something else out. And, you know, Trivium was sort of, um, you know, looking for a bass player because the original bass player wasn't really into touring. He did one tour, didn't like it. They had a feeling that didn't work. And it was like the perfect timing. We like cross cross paths a couple times and kept in touch. And then uh, from there, it was like, yeah, ascendancy. And then, you know, here we go, 10 records. And it's like, I feel like, of course, I think once I kind of got into the band, then I started to write with the band and then we just kind of developed over the years. I mean, it's like uh, it's so collaborative at this point and um, you never know who's going to kind of bring in the ideas and stuff. And I what I love about our band is like it's like I get to come in with ideas and writing, you know, whether it's like showing them guitar riffs or bass ideas or kind of bringing my stuff my bass playing to a song that someone else brings in and then we can kind of collaborate and jam from there and it's you know as a as a player as a writer it's i just feel like i've i've grown a lot uh way better melodic sensibilities and just um you know even on new songs that are like kind of more throwbacks to older styles we do like the way i approach it now compared to how i did then is much different you know like i'll instead of just following the guitar riff i'll try to do a counter kind of melody thing that sits in it that feels right but it's like doing its own thing and that's like something i think about a lot more now and try to bring in you know even if it's something we've done before like the the style it's like trying to always progress you know add something into it absolutely growth man that's great you have a lot of highlighted moments in the music which is very cool especially um in that sort of genre of music, um, you know, the heavier music sometimes is extremely guitar driven. Oh yeah, and uh, fist bump, fist bump on that to you. You get to <laughs> you get to shine. Yeah, and it sounds and, great. And, and of course, you know, with 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 like the drumming and stuff, this is always very pummeling a yeah. lot of times and stuff. So it's like finding like your space within that. Um, so how I do mean, you approach that? Yeah, I mean, I guess like when we get into to jamming and stuff, like. You know, we really, really are adamant about being in the room together and writing and stuff. Like, we'll do maybe some demo ideas on a computer to show each other. But, like, we've just really tried to resist the, the temptation to, like, oh, just kind of send each other files and kind of work it out like that. Because it's like, I do feel like you got to get in and jam it out. And, I mean, there's so many great drum machine programs now and stuff, but it will never top like being able to be like, hey, can you try this? Or like, what if we jam, do it this way? Or just stumbling upon happy accidents and stuff like that. And um, I feel like being able to kind of like be in the room together, you can kind of sense like how it's kind of feeling. Are you just following the part? 
you just linking up to it or it's like are you building this song are you doing different things uh to kind of bring out parts within the songs and i've like kind of become a lot more involved in like lyrics and vocal stuff so then now i'm also thinking about that as well so then that also kind of shapes maybe how the bass is playing within a part or something like that very cool are you singing as well uh so Corey, the other guitarist in the band and i will do like backing vocals uh the last two records actually feature a good amount from both of us like i'll do more harmony stuff he does more of the backing screams because matt does both screaming and singing so it's like we kind of each cover kind of a basis uh behind the the backing vocals but um it, it kind of makes you just write different and think about things differently even mm-hmm. you know just when you're singing and stuff and i guess i was like lucky to come from my my local day is where i was the like lead singer in the band because oh, it cool. helped me really learn how to sing and play and i'm like man what a you know going back you're like wow that i'm glad i did that because it's like what a valuable skill to like learn how to like be able to do stuff like that because it, it allows you to not like have to like dumb things down as yeah. much when you're singing and playing yeah well you're playing some pretty <clears throat> crazy riffs and being able to sing at the same time is is difficult yeah yeah it's like that i i guess like when i i would always like look back and you know look at like okay if like uh james hetfield or dave mustaine can sing some of those over those weird riffs i'm like i gotta be able to do something like this so i always tried to like push myself uh even when i was like not able to really do it i tried and eventually you you sort of stick it at some point i guess that's kind of just playing in general you're like man i'm really in the deep end here but then you kind of repetition just sort of works it out and you finally sort of get it (laughs) i I feel that man i dig it uh you know who's great and i always sort of uh in in awe of his sting at doing that oh yeah the police stuff he's playing all of these really off syncopated bass lines and yeah i'm always amazed when people can do just any instrument and play and you're just like and then, you know, of course, for a guy like that, be so good yeah. at singing and, yeah. and just the melodies and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm i just happy I can like pull off harmonies and, you know, do my parts and all that stuff. But there's like, it's just wild. Some people just have something in their brain that's unlocked where they can go that next level. Yeah, it's, it. called, it's just called weird. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Pure awesome, really. Uh, so you're you're known as a bass hero i would say so um who were some of yours who were some of your influences man yeah i mean i guess like it's funny because i'm like i my go-to guys are always kind of like okay cliff burton steve harris uh, a lot of the kind of more metal guys um you know but some of the stuff that really got me into music like when i first got into playing in the in the you know when I was in middle school playing with my friends, you know, we, like I said, we were playing kind of the pop punk, sublime, kind of just kind of general different rock stuff like that. Um, I I loved 311 uh, when I was a kid. I still love 311. I think they're Me great. Too. And like Peanut, I thought was, I mean, he is great. You know, like it's just like. Uh, He's a great dude I, too. I, yeah. And I was yeah. like so like drawn into like, wow, these this is crazy. Like these, like bass can sound like this can be really driving and interesting. Um, and I guess I was just lucky at that time in, in the nineties, uh, late nineties, mid nineties, as I start listening to music that there's so much great, like bass playing within like a lot of the rock music and stuff. So, um, it was a good formative time for me to kind of get into it. And then, you know, I heard, uh, or I saw, I guess I should say King nothing on, uh, like MTV or something. And, the bass line, you know, start starts off the song and I'm just like, oh, like, what's this band? Metallica. And, you know, I just, the bass sounded so big and it was like a bass line that was like something that I could, I could learn. Like, it felt like it wasn't too, too hard, which, you know, like that was it. It was like, once I learned that, I was like, I was hooked. I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then you start to like go down the rabbit hole and then I go back and get the old records and I'm like Cliff Burton. I'm like, Oh my God, like this is unbelievable. And, and just from there, you just keep like learning about new guys and you know, who are their influences? What made them tick? And I've always kind of been like that with like different players and 
I felt like uh, it's kind of like the same thing of like when you read like the liner notes to kind of see who they're thanking and like find other bands that way. Oh, yeah. uh, I love just digging into it and seeing like what other people are into. And, you know, you end up finding just so many different influences you're not expecting from like people you're into and like how they kind of figured out their sound and stuff like that. That's very cool. Very cool. What uh, what challenges you, dude? Oh, I mean, I guess every time we go in to start writing, it's like that blank slate is sort of intimidating at first because you're just like, especially as you have a couple records, you know, you're just like, okay, where do we go now? And like, what do we do? But I think once we kind of get through that first song, it's sort of easy um, to feel confident again. Like, okay, we're on to something. It's like once, once a, an idea starts to click, I mean, that, I feel like it just unlocks something in your brain. You're just like, okay, like we know what we're doing. We could do this. And, you know, you start to, all the creativity and stuff starts to flow from that moment. Um, as a bass player, it's really just, um, you know, staying on top of my playing and always being, you know, live, consistent. You know, I never want to be any show that's like under like 99%, you know, everything's right. Um, I'm not like super hard on myself with like playing and stuff. Like I can like hit a bad note and not like ruin my day. But like I try to make sure like, and all of us do, we're always practicing and doing stuff. That's why we got the weekly rehearsal, even off tour and stuff, you know, where it's like consistent. It's just like that muscle memory kind of keeps things uh, tight, even when you're not, you know, we're like eight, nine weeks from tour. So we want to still stay tight and, for me, I love that. I love having that consistency and that repetition helps uh, kind of ingrain it into you where you don't feel like you're going out on tour and you're like the first week you're just like loose and it's got to tighten up from there. It's like we hit the ground running and I always want my playing in the studio and on tour to just feel like, okay, I don't need that like long warm up period to kind of get into it. I can just hit it right away. I get that. I get that. That's a great work ethic. It sounds like you guys all sort of yeah, share that. We're lucky that we're all like sort of like that because I feel like if there was like someone that wasn't, it, it could definitely be a little more tricky. But I mean, everyone's like always stoked to go to practice. I feel like it's a, it's a treat, you know, to kind of just be able to like get together. And now everyone's in Orlando. Uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, like I was saying earlier, like I was in Chicago for like two years and Alex is from California and uh, so, you know, we'd all have to kind of meet up and do like, okay, we can, let's do a week of rehearsal or a week of writing and we'd fly in. Matt and Corey were already here, but, you know, now it's like everyone's in town. We have our permanent space that we got and it's like we can just go and jam whenever we want. And that's like, I mean, that's the dream. I feel like that for any band, you know, I feel like having a space, having everyone close by that wants to jam, I'm. That's all I ever wanted out of a band. So I'm like happy to have like, you know, four guys that we can all kind of be on that same wavelength with uh, how we like to do things. That's amazing, dude. It's good vibes and it works, yeah. right? Obviously, that, that's it. Trying to keep good vibes, man. I mean, I, I think that's the key to our longevity for sure in a band. I mean, it takes years to kind of figure out those things. You know, it's definitely not like easy from day one, but I, I think... Uh, at least the last decade or so, I feel like we really kind of like hit a good stride as like people and just kind of like understanding like how to keep this going and how to keep it creative and fun for everyone, which is, I mean, that's it. That's the, that's the key to it. Absolutely. What would you, uh, <laughs> what advice would you give to uh, young players that are starting a band and trying to do it for real? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess trying to like, aside from like the technical side of things and like learning and stuff, um, you know, just kind of not getting discouraged with setbacks. Um, cause I, I mean, you're going to hit them and, uh, whether it's like, okay, like you, you finally found something that like is so challenging that you're just not getting and it's just not clicking for you. And I mean, you know, in the early days, it's everything from just like, you know, playing with, two fingers or, or not making noise as you're doing stuff or to later on, like, you know, with shows or different things and performing live and just not letting those setbacks kind of like be so detrimental to you. I think uh, learning to kind of like roll with that stuff and learn from it, but not ever letting it get so like just weigh you down. Um, 
and you know, I guess that's kind of good advice for a lot of things, but I do think there's like that thing where like, you know, you can kind of look back, I can look back and be like, Oh, I wish we would have done this or that. But I'm like, you know, we ended up here and I'm like, I try to like always think of that. Like we're here now, like this is what we're doing. And you know, I, I you can't change those kind of things, but you can kind of adjust to them. Um, so, you know, and the other thing is just trying to find people that are into it the way you are. You know, mm. if, if it's just kind of a fun thing you want to do, you know, definitely try to like get with people like that think like that. And if you want to get serious about it, you know, it's tough uh, playing with people that aren't serious about it because that could be the most frustrating thing in the world. I always found that to be like back in the local days, it was just like you get like one or two guys that are on like your page and then it's just like couple other people that are like oh i wasn't thinking we were gonna do it like this much or play shows and i'm like gotta find the right balance of people and it takes time that's all great advice and i concur <laughs> yes <laughs> um i know you you just had a baby recently yes. correct so I yeah was it's so say, crazy to even think that <laughs> congratulations so, on thank that. you thank you yeah i was gonna say outside of music what brings you joy aside oh, well including yeah. including your your child yeah um well so like obviously this last two years been insane for everyone uh especially all of us in the music industry it's been I mean, touring is like ev like the biggest part of like what we do outside of like recording and making music. And so, of course, that going away was just like in inconceivable a couple years ago. I get you know you couldn't even think of that. And yeah. then okay, moving down here to Orlando, everyone's kind of close home base. And then having our first uh, child, and then I guess like. I never thought about this, but like leaving for tour and it had been the first time after a year, year and a half. And then like leaving her and then coming back to her and just, that was like a really crazy experience. I mean, like, you know, the first time that's ever happened. I've never, you know, different when you like leave a girlfriend or wife or, or your mom or dad and you come back, it's like, but to like come back to your child, that that was a really, I don't know, very emotional and very, awesome experience i was really happy like uh i wasn't happy to leave but i was happy to leave to go tour and i knew that i was coming back to her so that was a great experience and uh definitely something i'll never forget it's beautiful i have four boys myself oh, that's amazing and, um <laughs> leaving always was was rough but coming home was yeah it's amazing. it's hard to like explain like uh I don't know. I mean, I guess with touring, it's always the like, you know, it, it's excitement to go play and stuff, uh, you know, but coming home is always a great feeling. But I mean, you know, now I can at least understand like people, you know, with with kids like going home, like the, the extra excitement and stuff that comes with that. It's a uh, it's a great feeling. And that's the thing is just trying to ba balance uh, things the best you can. I, I think um, I feel happy that like you know, we're in a position as a band where like, we don't have to tour. Obviously, aside from this uh, craziness the last year, like when we do tour, you know, we can be a little more selective and like have a little bit of a space and time at home. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to, uh, to do that, you know, still get to go out and do what we love, but also, you know, have the time at home and also just for even writing and, and doing new music. It's like, kind of need a little bit of space to think about things and to kind of decompress, um, you know, cause back in the early days, it's just like, like I said, I go on, I go on set list FM and I look at the first couple years and I'm just seeing like 230 shows. And then the next year it's like 200 shows. And I, and I remember putting in work, you know? Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of tours back to back. We did like three, four month periods. Um, but that was kind of a thing we kind of had to do. Cause it's like when, you know, when people are calling and be like, hey, do you want to go on this tour? You know, you got to go, you got to do it, you know? Yeah. And now a lot of the times it's like, if it's not like a big tour, like metal tour of the year, it's like, we're probably putting the tour together. It's like our headlining tour. So right. it's good that we can normally just kind of have uh, our own schedule and set it nicely so that we're not like uh, burning out like uh, the early days. Yeah. You're fortunate, man. Congrats on that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, let's talk about your very first bass and how you got it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I still have it. What um, is it? it's like, uh, this Yamaha, like 
uh, it's like a black force four string bass. Um, still have it has like a I think it has like the kind of jazz style pickups. Uh, I think where did my parents get it from? I think it was at um, if you remember Mars Music. I don't uh-huh. know if they had yeah. those out there. Yeah, yeah, Mars Music, and that's where I had my first lessons and everything. So um, yeah, kind of the big. Uh, kind of walmart style music store and you know that was the one i I liked and it wasn't too expensive and you know i kind of got it plastered some metallica slayer stickers on it put the the skull (laughs) knobs on the volume things and uh yeah and i played that for quite a while and you know i look back at pictures of like the early days and i did have it for a bit and i still played it up until almost trivium and then i had a five string washburn that was like one of the only bases from the like beginning that I ever, I, I ended up selling that, which I regretted. I shouldn't have sold that one, but I did keep the first one. Cause I'm like, I'm never going to get rid of this thing. And same <laughs> thing with like the first guitar, same, like keeping all of those things, no matter what, you know, make sure they work. And, um, yeah, those are like such great memories to have. Um, oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, like you learn like everything on them and, you know, and people were always asking me like, oh, you know, what's the, the best beginner bass or, or what should I get or how much? And I'm like, you know, it's really it's such a personal preference when you're playing and you got to kind of sit down and like feels like, is this the right one for me? Because I'm like, they, they're all similar, but, you know, everything you play, it's got a different feel and every company's kind of usually got their own thing. And so like, that's what I, I it's like, I always find it hard to like, totally endorse like oh this style is the one you got to play but i'm like you know you got to kind of sit down and and jam on them and i remember back then just kind of picking up some of the bases and seeing which ones i liked and that yamaha was just it felt great you know and i pick it up now it's super light and like the neck was kind of thin it felt good and that's all i needed you know and from there it was just like putting in the work at home like listening to the songs and trying to figure them out and that that was it that was that and lessons. I, I took about like four, maybe four years of lessons. At uh, the music store? Yeah, I had a couple different teachers. I had like, um, I'm trying to think the first dude, what was his name, like Cam. So I played, I started with bass. Uh, and then about a year or two after I started bass, I also started guitar. Oh, Just cool. like, I felt like it was kind of like a, a useful thing to learn as well. Uh-huh. Just kind of like, well... If I, if I ever need to show someone some ideas or something like that, that's what my kind of thought process was for that. But uh, so like I took a little bit of guitar lessons and then I ended up uh, with this one bass instructor. Uh, his name was Doug and he actually, he kind of, it was cool because like he was kind of a guitar player as well. He did a lot of guitar stuff, but he was a great, great bass player. And like he did a lot of like session work, did a lot of jingles he actually like like toured with the Commodores for a little bit. Oh wow! Um, so that was great because like of course I'm like way into metal at this point, but he was teaching me a lot of stuff that was way outside of that. It was like you know giving me like charts with like different chords, and he's like kind of showing me how to improv over these things. And like you know back then with he put on the cassette and it would have like a, like a loop playing and just trying to get me out of my shell of like just learning a song. And replicating it but like okay kind of feel the part feel the chord changes and the timing and stuff like that and that was great because you know that that sort of thing of being pushed into like different types of music that i normally maybe wouldn't have like gravitated towards um helped me a lot and now like as i'm playing and i'm and i'm making parts it's like i i pull from those experiences quite a bit now you know it's kind of subconscious but like i don't feel like afraid to kind of take a chance for like playing a part or ad-libbing something you know kind of like gets you out of that comfort zone and um yeah that that was a that was a very important part of my like learning experience back in the day what about uh effects and strings and amps and yeah um so i mean i've been i think we've all been using dunlop strings now for it's a long time now i feel like it's got to be like since 2006 or seven maybe um oh cool i've i've been i was using the the super brights for a while probably since those came out because like that's kind of been the the quest for me is like i love like a lot of high end i know those are kind of like great for like slapping and stuff but Mm -hmm. i'm like just like pretty much like when i joined trivium 
I had learned how to play bass with my fingers, but then when I did the first record, there was like so many like triplet riffs that I was like trying to match that I was like, okay, I got to play a pick to do these parts. But then I got the third finger down and then I went back to finger style. But I was like, I did like the pick sound like for the punchiness and the, the kind of top end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a pick, you can kind of get that out of like most strings, most setups. But I was like, okay, well, finger style, I have to kind of like really add in a lot more brightness and stuff. And then the super brights were like, oh, this is great. Like, this is exactly what I need for like the tone. Um, I've been using a Kemper for maybe like since like 2011, 2012. Um, no no cabs on stage? Yeah, yeah. I've been using, I haven't been using cabs for a long time. I um, I lent um, my Ampeg, I had an Ampeg 8x10 and SVT4 Pro. I lent it to a band. It got stolen oh, out no. of their van. <laughs> and then after that, I was kind of like, I think I played like a PV for a little bit. I played a custom for a little. And then it was like, I started just going like DI. I mean, at first it was like a Sans amp. And then uh, from there I tried some other stuff. And then once we got on to Kemper's, I was really, really happy with it. And I found a, it's funny cause people were always like, oh, I love your tone. Like what's your profile? And they, I think they're always expecting me to like, f- like, I don't know if I profiled something or if I found one that someone did. And I'm like, I literally went on the, the forum like back when I got it and I was just looking for like an Ampeg SVT style thing. And it was like one of the first ones I found, I put it in yeah. I'm like, oh, this sounds killer. And I've like had it and I like look <laughs> at it now, like the file name and I'm like, this thing is like from way long ago. I can't even find it on the forum anymore. So I might be one of the only people that has this thing at this point. Cause it's probably like been lost to time on the internet. And <laughs> I just like, oh, I gotta keep Nothing this stuff updated. I gotta keep it. time. Yeah, in the yeah internet. I gotta. I got to keep these USB sticks going forever here with this thing. But it's definitely like my favorite tone that I've found so far of profiles. I've tried a couple since then to kind of see like, oh, maybe there's something else out there. But I don't know. That was sort of like the magic one. And then now I'm playing Kiesel basses. Uh, It was another big jump for me. I was with Warwick for a couple years, like six years. Um, And then I was with BC Rich for like 10 before that. And uh so I don't like to make jumps too much. I like to stick with stuff. I kind of find like what I like, kind of tweak around the edges here and there. But like I do when I find something, I'm like, I like to stick with it, with that consistency and stuff. But um, I've been so stoked with these Kiesel bases. I got, uh, I really love their pickups. It's, uh, they're like these like, they have this like radial humbucker. So they're kind of like curved. I'd never really seen that before where it kind of curves with the string Huh. on the neck which okay. i really liked um it's like uh the, the best part about it has been like just the lows because i play the five string and yeah you know it's like very very even low end it's like you know sometimes like when you play a bass it's like the either the lows are like super like overwhelming compared to the rest of the strings or it's like not really there and i'm like i've had no problems with this so far and i'm that's really like what I've been rocking with for the most part. And then outside of that, for like effects, um, uh, our producer, Josh Wilbur, he got me into this EBS multi-compressor thing that I was like really stoked with. And I used it in the studio with him. And then I was like, oh, let me try it on tour. And I've been been using it since on there. And then uh, someone, I forget where I found it, but uh, I have like a, a one of those dark glass duality pedals mm-hmm. that I use for like any like fuzz kind of solo section type parts, and then of course uh, the Dunlop bass wah, the white one, and the Geezer wah as well. I've used both, and I'm those are my favorites. So classic. I, uh, yeah, I on some of those solos that I heard you do on a few of the songs, you use a lot of wah pedal stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. The um on the recent record, there's like a part on this song called "A Crisis for Revelation" that has like a kind of a tapping thing, and that was actually the geezer wah that I used. So that's the first time that one got used on a on a record. So it, it's uh, I feel like I've been using the white one too, like since forever. I can't even remember. It's been so long. <laughs> that's sort of like the classic one at this point. That's the go-to, huh? Yeah, cool. Definitely. Do you miss um not having a cab? on stage at all um 
Well, a lot of times, like, we will kind of fill out the... It's kind of funny you say that, because, like, now... Because all of us were kind of doing the no-cap thing, and now, all of a sudden, uh, Corey and Matt kind of switched, and I feel like now you can kind of get the best of both worlds with digital and, and all that different stuff, and, like, you know, they're playing, like, real heads again, like the EVHs, but then they go through those, like, I think it's, like, a two-tone, like, the torpedo. It's, like, sort of a cab sim type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you can also play with real cabs. And so now we're bringing real cabs on stage for them. But a lot of times I play through side fills because, you know, if you're in, like, a good, like, arena tour or if you're in, like, a really good club theater tour, it's normally, like, pretty good speakers and stuff. And I can get enough low end that I want out of it. Um, but I feel like I've just, my playing style has adjusted to just having in-ears and um you know maybe having a little bit of feel but i don't miss it as much as i thought i would it was definitely tough in the beginning when the in-ears weren't as good as they are now that i have um but i yeah i I don't miss it as much the only time is if if the stage is super super dead sometimes they're like i kind of wish i had like maybe like a couple you know big cabs behind me right now but it's never affected me that much and i i feel like i can adjust to things better and i do like the consistency of like i know how it's going to sound in my in-ears no matter where we go and i like that just the consistency part of everything is like what i'm always after that like you could just hand me the bass i know it'll feel the same it'll sound the same in my in-ears and like that's what i want more than anything i get that i get that i'm a little old-fashioned in the way that i I enjoy having a cab, at least one yeah. behind me. Just yeah, to, yeah. I, mean, I I never say never. You know, maybe there'll be the day where I'm like, you know, maybe let's see. Let's see what it feels like again. Because maybe like when uh, I have the guitar cabs behind me, I'll be like, you know, I should have my bass as well. So maybe there'll be something down the line. Uh, but who knows? We'll see. It's it's like, um, <laughs> it's kind of, I need one of those things like the, our, our drummer just got it where it's like the, the kind of thumping seat like that. I just oh, need yeah. like a, yeah. I just need like a they have like those. strap. I think there is one like a for it's like a mat, right? They need to put it in the no, strap. No, they have or one something. on the strap and I am trying oh, to remember. Oh, that's crazy. A, I think it's called a backbeat or Oh or, my god. Um they do have something <laughs> I, like that that goes on your strap. I'm going to have to I, look that up now. That's seri- really yeah, funny. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have all these contraptions on me. <laughs> it's good. We went from nothing on stage to like everyone's hooked up to like some crazy stuff. That the thumper seat was crazy because he hasn't ta- taken it on tour yet, but he had it. Um, we did two like live stream events, and he got it for that. And I like sat behind it. It was it was really trippy because it sounds like you have like subs behind you, but there's nothing. There's no sound. So it's just like you hit the kick, yeah, and it feels like you're like, oh, I got subs around me, but there was nothing. It's like really weird and trippy, but it feels good. I mean, I guess for a drummer. You gotta you know, feel. You gotta, you gotta feel ha- that. You gotta thump. feel it. Yeah. yeah. The it's called a backbeat. And backbeat. Okay. Yeah. The V two is, I guess, coming soon. So. Damn, I gotta check this stuff out. Yeah, Damn, man. There's so much crazy stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. What uh, do you ever play any other styles of music just um, to change it up a bit? Well, every now and then, I feel like on the streams, like since that's kind of like uh, my rehearsal time for the Practice most part time, like yeah. if i'm not like if i'm not like jamming like trivium stuff uh you know maybe i'll take a because i got like on logic i got like superior drummer uh and i got some cool different packs not not just metal or extreme metal type stuff and i have like some of the funk stuff that i feel like is the the it's like such a challenge because you know when you're playing the way you normally like to play grooving kind of playing stuff is like one thing and then when you kind of switch the style up the way you're playing it to like more funk or slap you know the the feel is different and you kind of i can just tell like wow i'm like out of my depth here like i i can make it all sound really good but like to even play the same shape or lick a different way like that is challenging and you know that i always love to do and i always say like you know i would love to just set aside like a month or two of just like just doing this just like really diving into it because like I have like the building blocks to like know how to do it and you know enough skill to like figure out things when I don't totally know it and how to make it happen but I just need the time just in the way that like you know with Trivium it's like I have to practice this stuff a lot because 
you know, one, we have so many songs and like some of the stuff is very like involved in like a lot of like today I was playing this one song. It's the title track to um, was our fourth record Shogun. It's 11 minutes, 12 minutes and (laughs) just a lot. It's a lot of stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) damn, like if I don't like I didn't play it last week. And I hadn't played it in a while, but I've been really, I got it uh, up to speed again. And I'm like, I took a, a week not playing it. And it's just like the little stuff and all that stuff. I have to like focus in and rehearse it. But then at the expense of, it'd be kind of cool to just take a couple months and just like go really deep into like funk music and just, just play to that. But I, I feel like I will, I feel like I will have the time and, um, you know, someday I'd like to, uh, if she's into it, you know, if my daughter grows up and, you know, she's definitely going to be surrounded by music uh, and instruments. And so, you know, if she ever wants to learn something like that, I'd like to be able to be like, okay, you know, maybe she won't be into metal, but maybe she'll like this. And I'll have to kind of uh, like, I'll have to know how to do these things, you know, right, really well. Right. So <laughs> if it, for anything, just for that, just to maybe have to teach it. You see, there's your inspiration and she yeah. can use your Yamaha. Yeah, seriously, like that. That will be her first bass if she likes. If bass is what she's into, I got her a little, a little piano uh, at the store the other day. They make a really cute, small little one, and so she's got the stuff in there in the playroom, you know, to kind of. She's hearing music and stuff all the time, so you know, I'm sure uh, she'll she'll find what her thing is, and then I'll just have to kind of learn to adapt and figure out how I can. Uh, show show some of my skills that i've learned if, she, if she's into music <laughs> there you go into playing it at least yeah man all right if you can name uh just three things that go into creating a great baseline what would they be and why three things okay three things let me think i mean i guess the first thing will be uh would be tone for me uh just because if someone can't hear what you're playing, it really doesn't doesn't matter what your baseline is, how great it is. It's got to fit into like your your band, your style of whatever you're doing. So like crafting that first that that's the most important thing. Um, finding the space in the part, you know, so where it doesn't feel like again with with metal and you know, like you said earlier, it's like you're competing with a lot of things. It's a lot of riffs and a lot of like maybe the biggest uh challenge is like fitting into the drums and how you're going to do that kind of stuff so uh finding the space within all of these things but also making it work within the context of a song if they're singing and stuff like that um you know maybe having a feel coming after or before like a vocal line to kind of complement it uh and this is me just now just thinking it's like okay if i'm writing a lyric part you know how could that fit in with those kind of things. Um, and then for like the third, um, I guess, um, you know, just knowing when you need to kind of do like something there, you know, I guess like a lot of people say, like sometimes less is more, sometimes more is more depending on what you're doing. Um, but you know, really kind of making, your baseline important and integral to a song and stick out when it needs to, you know, cause I feel like I know when to kind of not to kind of pull back into it. And that like, when I am going to like pop out, it's going to be something that's like, like a focal point of the song that people are like, Oh, that's the part I've been waiting for. And I'm like happy to have stuff like that when people are like, they know this part's coming and it's like the part that I'm doing, like the tapping part that I'm about to do, you know, but maybe the part before that wasn't super, crazy and technical so those are kind of like all the different things i'm thinking of like when i'm in the the songwriting mode because i feel like everyone in the band is like wearing multiple hats with with things and for me it's like yes the bass player but also songwriter so i'm I'm like thinking of all of these things and it's like a push and pull and that's probably even affected just the way i play bass and think about it as well um more so than if i just did like i came in and i'm like okay do the bass stuff and that's all I'm thinking about. So I'm always kind of thinking, okay, where, where am I fitting at now? Where am I fitting at when the lyrics are in and the vocals are in and the drums are here? So I guess that's more than three, but that's all like my whole thinking and thought process with like bass fills and lines and adding them in and when to pull back. That's, those are all great points and uh, a great <clears throat> way to think about it. Um, so you have 
a recent record. What's the name of the most recent record? The name of the recent record that came out is In the Court of the Dragon. Uh, that came out in October, and finally the vinyl came out. Uh, so Sweet. I guess you could say it's fully released now that we finally have vinyl. Uh, that came out <laughs> a couple weeks ago, so thankfully. Awesome. And new stuff in the works? Or I know, um, I know you have a tour coming. Yeah, touring is really the main thing. Um, it's it's weird because like we're like always a band that if like someone was like go and record a record, you know, start recording a record, like we could definitely just it we would start and you know we we know that we could just go in and stay focused and get it done. Thankfully, never been a problem for our band. I mean, these last two records have been again back to back basically. Uh, just because of the time and everything that have happened. But I do think, like, we may pull back from new stuff for a little bit to properly tour, of course, these two records and to kind of give ourselves a little time to think about what that'll be. Because I think after 10 records and just as long as we've been around, you know, I think it's maybe time to kind of, like, give people a break on that front. Whereas I feel like we gave people a break um a little bit with touring leading up to like things that have happened and then of course everyone took a break for a year or two and so i feel like we got to get out and tour properly again and then like i know i say this like oh like we won't start for a bit and i'm I'm sure that one practice someone's gonna start jamming something and then it'll spiral from there but i do think we'll take a little bit of time to think about the next step for music and stuff like that but it's almost like against our nature in a way to like to like not go and do music because I feel like like I said if someone's like you got to make a song and that may be the thing that'll happen is someone will be like you need a song for this project or for a game or something which uh, is that has happened before so maybe yeah. you know that could come out of nowhere I feel like everything in this industry in this business is a surprise you know one week get an email and it's a life changing or something crazy, right. you know, it's just like, um, you know, we're touring with Iron Maiden later this year and we, Killer, you know, we're so dude. lucky. We did a tour That's with them awesome. in 06, you know, and I thought that'd be the only time we'd ever, we did some like festivals and like an off date, but like we did a tour with them in Europe in 06. And I'm like, if this never happens again, just a bucket list check off. And then like, you know, it was just one of those random emails, like, uh, our manager is like, oh, you know, Maiden's in, see, wants to know if you want to do half this tour with them in the states, and it was just like, yeah, of course, like we got to make it work. Um, and it, it's just always a surprise like that, you know. You never know what's going to come around the corner, and so I guess for new music, who knows? You know, it'll probably be a bit, but I could also totally be wrong in a week when <laughs> something comes up. Oh, any new players or or bands that are inspiring you right now that oh, people should check out? Let me try to think. Um, I've been really. I'm actually. Oh, I was wearing the shirt earlier. Uh, it's being Chemist. I've been really liking uh, the last couple records, and they just put out a new record that's great. Um, trying to think off the top of my head. There's so much good music all the time. I like have to like look at my like uh, my phone to just like look at everything I've been been watching. Um, another friend's band, Fit for an Autopsy. If you're really into heavy, heavy stuff, like they're they're great, and they've been killing it on this tour they're on. So, I mean, also too for just us with touring, like I love to try to bring out bands that like we're just fans of, and uh, you know, to, to champion new bands and stuff like that. And I love seeing those bands go out and like start doing good on their own, you know, because I feel like okay, we at least we help to kind of get them out in front of some people and. I mean, I might be biased. I I feel like our fans are very open-minded people with mm-hmm. stuff and music, and they they like know when we like uh, talk about a band, it's because we're into it, and not just like someone telling us to like promote it. Uh, so, gotcha. I uh, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, we're music lovers. You know, I mean, it's I guess it's like a weird thing to say, but there's a lot of people that aren't in this like world, but like don't seem to love it as much, or they lose the the passion for things. And I mean, that's like the I just never want to be that. I've just like, I don't want to be the guy that's like, I don't know like anything new or anything like that. I want to like always know what that next thing is and who's out there and who's doing what. And that's the, that's the, what makes this fun. You know, that's the best part about this job is that like we get, that's what we're here to do, you know, be immersed in it and create and put something back out into it. 
Yes, sir. Amen to all of that. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for jumping on here with us. Uh, it's very inspiring and informative, and uh, I really appreciate you. Where can people check you out on Twitch and Instagram yeah. and all that? Uh, usually, I think my my name on Twitch is just Trivium Paolo, uh, and Trivium Paolo or Paolo Trivium is usually what my uh, social media handles are. I can't remember which one Instagram and Twitter is. I think tri- Twitter, where I'm usually the most active, uh, Trivium Paolo. Um, you know, but we're all usually doing streaming and stuff, and even on tour, uh, Matt streams usually every show. He's got the backpack thing out. We have like a, a live mix. So if you want to like pop in one day, you can't make the tour and you want to just see the set, you know, it's it's not multicam super pro, but it's like a real high definition. Oh, you know, ne- single never, shot. Mi- never mind then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's you awesome, never, well, dude. You never that know because awesome. people, because that's the only, the only thing is like when you get in the chat and like, you know, we have this pro, you know, mix just for Twitch and people are like, hey, could we get this like that? And it's like, dude we're like you know <laughs> this yeah. is every day you know it's all it's all free just come and watch it but uh yeah that's uh that's where we're at we're on the internet you you know always posting so uh you, you'll find us somewhere <laughs> awesome thank you again man i appreciate you and i hope to see you out there um, yeah definitely hopefully out. uh you said nashville maybe so maybe yes. we'll meet up out there sweet awesome, man thank you thank you all for listening into the base freaks podcast i really appreciate you all stay healthy spread kindness spread love good vibes and inspiration and remember you got this just follow your path whatever it may be and just play and a huge thank you to dunlop for making this show possible make sure you check out base freaks wherever you get your podcast until next time cheers cheers